Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Switch to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE now with 5G at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99. I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button. Switch and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99. Only at Metro. Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer in store only. Price for 64 gigabyte model with eligible port, $60 plan, and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at MetroByTMobile.com. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio around. Online with Bill Alexander. Good evening, everybody. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM, McKeesport as we broadcast from Brownsville, Pennsylvania this evening. And most of you know that um, I watch the news on a regular basis, not as much as I used to since I don't uh, (laughs) like what I'm watching. And there's a lot of stuff been going on the last few days, and I think we're kind of concerned about what direction our country's going in. So tonight I brought back um, a guest that we've had on the program before by the name of John Daly, who's going to talk to to us about what we're seeing, what we're watching, and the message that's being distributed to the public. John, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Bill, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. How are things in McKeesport? Actually, um, we've been pretty good other than outside of Pittsburgh. We were having some issues with some um, minor uh, rioting and looting over the mm-hmm. weekend, but we found out it wasn't the peaceful protesters that were doing it. There was actually groups of anarchists coming in from outside of the area actually doing the protesting. Wow. Wow. So, Interesting. Yeah, and there, you're hearing reports about that uh, in a lot of different places. I'm actually, I'm, I'm in Brunswick County, North Carolina, and I'm right in between Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, we've had a little bit of, of that here, but not a, not a lot. They've actually, uh, Wilmington, in fact, I, I'm, I'm watching some of the live stuff that I'm seeing here on Facebook, and their protests are actually quite peaceful, and even the NAACP came out and actually thanked the local police and the, and the county uh, sheriff's office for 
doing a great job while the protests were going on. So when the NAACP is complimenting the cops, you know that there's actually there's some pretty good coordination there. So with everything going on right now, um, it's hard to believe about two months ago I had you on the program. We were talking about the pandemic um, when that whole thing started up and the way the media was covering it. Now I have you back on two months later and it's like the pandemic has disappeared, even though we know it's still there. It's not on the forefront of our minds. What we're dealing with is the protest that has happened over the last four or five days and how the media is covering it. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is like 1968 on steroids. I mean, we've never, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, my parents were in world war two in the depression and, uh, you know, they since passed away. So I, I can't really talk to them, but talking to other people who have been through that, they were just saying, you know, really, this is, this is something that, we don't think Americans have felt before. I mean, the pandemic is kind of a, um, you know, it's a, it's a silent, uh, invisible enemy that we all had to fight and we couldn't figure out what side to be on, how to fight it. And now that we've got the, these, um, these riots and protests, um, we're just, we're as equally divided and we don't come together as a nation uh, to fight it. So as a result of it, with both of them happening at the same time, um, you know, it's, it's something, you know, we've probably never seen before. So it's, it's very difficult, um, to see where we're going to go with this. And it's very difficult for a lot of people to sit there and figure out who they're going to line up against. And clearly, I don't think there's any leaders that are stepping forward that are giving us, um, giving us really any uh, direction as to what we need to be doing. So I think we're going to, we're going to have chaos for a while. And I, I think this is going to continue. I think it's going to continue until they indict the other three police officers. officers. So with everything that happened with George Floyd last week, did you ever think you would see someone kneeling on someone's neck while being arrested, let alone doing it for just about nine minutes? Well, and that's, you know, that's the the incredible part of video, because from what we are hearing from different reports is that there have been 44 other incidents like that in Minnesota that were reported before. Um, You never saw them. And, you know, without video, you don't see the severity uh, of, of things that are happening. So, no, I would I would agree with you. I mean, you know, when I saw it, which was as startling as could be. Um, for the just the, just the physical nature that ended this poor guy's life, but also just kind of the the insensitivity, the kind of the depravity, the the lack of human emotion of what you're doing to somebody, and that to me, that to me was just the the worst of it. And and to be honest with you, I mean, one of the other things I wouldn't have thought was. You know, I mean, people are rioting in places like Paris yes. and other places around the world, you know, m- mentioning George Floyd's name. I mean, that's 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 amazing when you think about how that's gotten around. So obviously the the actual incident caused enough um, just uh, depravity, just enough uh, outrage. Um, and then, of course, with social media. 
and everybody having a, a phone that can take pictures on top of it, that this spread around the world, which just shows how interconnected we still are as a world. Now, do you feel, and we've talked about this gentleman before multiple times on the way he handles things, do you feel that the president is handling the situation appropriately in D.C., or is he just ignoring it, hoping it all goes away? I, th- I think it's a combination of, uh, I don't think he's handling it correctly, and I think he's, I think he's still playing to his base. Um, and... Um, you know, again, I'm not really certain. I, you know, I know we talked about this before the last time about, you know, about the, you know, raising the 25th Amendment that, you know, he's just, you know, psychologically, he's not, uh, he's not well enough to, to be president. Again, I'm, I'm not one to make that decision. But, you know, if you see the way the, uh, the country is, is, is careening out of control, and, you know, he's talking about bringing in military. And, uh, you know, not just the National Guard, but he's talking about bringing in military. Right. You know, like the 81st, you know, 82nd Airborne, bringing them in. And um, it's, it, you know, you're, you're reading a lot of different stuff about uh, former CIA officials who, who did surveillance of other countries. And they, and they said, what we're doing right now and what this president is doing is what failed nations do. So exactly what you saw, and you know, again, we're talking on Tuesday night. What we saw on Monday night uh, of of them clearing out people so he can go to that church, um, and you know, kind of you know, firebombing his own people. Um, yeah. That that is that's that's a strong man's way of doing things, and um, he's. You know, he's looking stranger and stranger to to a lot of different people. Now, I understand he is playing to his base, and I do understand that there are <clears throat> there are things that are upsetting when you see um, these rioters and, and, and looters going in and taking advantage of places. Like I was watching what was going on in Santa Monica. I've I've, I've done a lot of stuff down on Third Street uh, Promenade down there, and that's just a great spot to be and a, just a ton of fun. And just to see them going in there and just taking out tons and tons of merchandise, and you're like, "What? What is? What does that have to do with George Floyd?" Right, I mean, exactly. that just doesn't. It just it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, in in many respects, you know, those those rioters kind of play into the stereotype of 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 what the extremists on the right or what the racists think, and they they kind of they kind of feed into it, and. Um, so um I, I think I, I think President Trump is, is, is continues to, to play to his base and you know, I've always said he's had a really good political ear, but to me it's like, well, I, you know how to play to that base, but I don't know if that base is gonna get you to win. I d I don't think that base is gonna be is gonna be forty percent of the people anymore. So Well um no, I don't I don't think he's handling it well and I think he's he's proving himself to be a, a disaster. And, and if you think about it, like I, I was just saying to you before, I mean, we haven't gone through anything like this right. in the country probably before, you know, you know, and again, someone could say World War Two and the Depression and what we had to deal with as far as that goes. But um, I mean, this is this is on his on his time. And you know, this is he's responsible for it, you know, even though he's not the cause. I can't say he's the cause of it, but certainly a lot of the excess problems, he is the cause of it. Now, 
you you make the comment about his base in nine states i believe it is they're actually having elections today do you see turnout being higher in those places because of this or do you see it being lower because of it because we know in pennsylvania where i'm at right now is that because of the COVID 19 and the pandemic they did mail-in voting and anybody that wanted to have a mail-in ballot could actually turn it in and do it that way instead of going to the polls but they showed today on our local news that polling places are higher than normal so this may be one of the highest voting turnouts we've had especially in a primary in a long time yeah i think he's he's spurring more people out there i mean you saw you know a fair amount of people going out in wisconsin who and of course eventually some of some of them you know they saw the hike in the coronavirus right. cases afterwards um so yeah i think i think he is he's he's firing up the opposition and uh you know a lot of the opposition um you know suburban women college educated women um certainly blacks and hispanics um yeah i think they're i think they're beginning to he's fired them up to the point where I think they they do understand, you know, we got to vote. We've got to do something. I find it interesting. And the, the, the base that's not the, um, um, the, the, the 30% of, of Trump's base, but that other, that other older demographic that he's dealing with, um, say over the age of 65, mm-hmm. I find it very interesting that they're sticking with him no matter what, because I got into a discussion with a woman this evening um, and it was it was pleasant because I wasn't about to go into argument mode. But she kept saying that what he is doing is right. And my response is, why do you say it's right? And she couldn't give me an answer. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's because it's generational, because they identify with him better than they do with what's happening in the streets because they're more feel fearful of what's happening there. And he says, says we can protect you. We're going to protect you. So we're going to side with the protector. Do you see that actually happening more right now? Or do you see people are saying the heck with them all? We're just going to deal with what's going on. Uh, It's a great assessment, by the way. Um, I would say, um, I think you're beginning to see uh, more of that, uh, that older crowd, and I gotta, uh, I, I gotta give my wife credit on this. She calls she calls that um, Soames S O W M S. It's scared old white man syndrome. <laughs> I like and, that. Um, and and so I'm what I'm beginning to see is that it's a pretty sticky base as far as uh, Trump is concerned. Um, but I think you're beginning to see. I think you're beginning to see people fall off from that because, one, a lot of them, a lot of them are dying off in the in the coronavirus because right. they're susceptible. Right. Um, the other thing is, is that, and again, you keep hearing hints of this, and and you and I talked about this in the last conversation was that, you know, what people don't realize is that if you're on Medicare, you've technically only paid in about one third to maybe fifty percent of what you are going to use over your lifetime. So that means that 60, 50 to 67% of, of your medical bills from the time you're 65 on are being paid by the younger generation. Right. And so you're beginning to hear hints. And again, I, I see things posted. And again, I don't know if it's 
left-wing propaganda that's trying to go up against Trump, but they're saying, Trump's coming after your Medicare. Trump's coming after your Medicare. Now, when you go and you start diving into the piece, you kind of go, eh, you know what, He's, he, he really has not said that. And, you know, you know, Obama did certain things of, of moving Medicare money uh, from one side to the other for Obamacare. So it wasn't really taking it away. It was just putting it in a different places. So people were still getting benefits. Right. But you keep hearing that. And so I'm beginning to think that um, and again, he's coming across very heartless. Uh, I mean, what he's been doing to like what, you know, he calls the blue state bailouts and all that. Um, and, you know, what he's done certainly at the border for young kids, and he's talking about trying to get rid of Medicaid. I've got to think that there's a fair amount of people who are, who are Soames people, um, who are who are thinking, you know, he could come after my Medicare, and if he comes after my Medicare, which is a really good deal, if you're somebody and you're 65 and you're on Medicare, it's a really good deal because I've seen it, and uh, I've I've been actually in the health insurance industry too, and you know when I look at it, I'm going like, wow. So I'm beginning to think, um, I, I do think it, we are seeing a change. And I do think um, people are beginning to look at him and they're, they're saying, you know, you know would, would I want to do business with him? No, I don't think so. Would I want him to hire me? Would I like to work under right. him? Heck no. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I, I think people are, are beginning to realize that, you know, we did hire a, you know, we hired a TV host, you know, a TV host of a, of a strange reality show. And, you know, he never really, he never really grew into the job. Um, but at the same time too, he's listened to, you know, he's, he's got a good political ear for that base. So he does, he does feed a lot of them and a lot of their fears and a, a lot of what they want. But, you know, that's that's really not what we need. And so so I do think I do think he's losing it. I mean, you can see it as far as the numbers that are out there now. You know, we're, we're only in June. <laughs> we still got another five months. So a lot of things could happen. I mean, there's a lot of things disastrously that could happen. But there's also things that could straighten out. You know, maybe this coronavirus doesn't come back. I personally think it's going to come back. I do, too. Um, you know, we may see the economy return. I, I personally don't see it recovering to the point where it was before. Um, and I, I just don't see, I really, you know, I do think if they do indict the three other police officers, you're going to see a reduction in the protesting and possibly the violence. Um, but I don't think you're going to see the end of, 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 of people standing up and saying, okay, we can't do this. Right. And I, I, I think it's going to happen. So I think he's, yeah, I think he's in trouble. I mean, I, you know, when you and I talked the last time, I, to be honest with you, you know, the pandemic really hadn't hit. And um, I, I still think he had a great chance of, of, of being reelected. I don't now. Well, the interesting thing is, is let's go back a year ago when you were on the program the first time. Would you ever thought what we're dealing with right now, we would be dealing with a year later? <clears throat> uh, no, no, not in any way. Um, but at the same time, too, when I, when I look back, and, you know, and I, I, I talked to you before about what I think are the, are the two main problems. Um, first being that we were an aging society. So we have too many younger people taking care of, we don't have enough younger people taking care of too many older people. Whereas right. 
20, 25, 30 years ago, it was flipped upside and down. When you and I were in our, you know, 20s and 30s, you know, four of us were taking care of one retired person. Now it's just flipped the other way. There are four retired person waiting for one younger person to to take care of them, to take care of the benefits. So that's upside down. On the other hand, we've got and the second one is the fact that we've got technology that's not only either taking away jobs, it's taking away salaries. As a result of it, you're telling this younger generation, uh, you know, there's not going to be as many jobs, and uh, you're not going to get paid like he, like we did, but we want you to support four of us. Right. And so you're seeing income inequality. And to me, if, if you look at things like, you know, uh, the income inequality, you look at what's going on in health care. You, you look at, you know, that people just have a very difficult time, um, you know, even before the pandemic, you know, people were one paycheck away from losing everything. When the pandemic hit, it was like, now we really see it. And uh, so I think what the pandemic did and also, you know, certainly what the what the what the rioting and the protesting has done, um, it's just illuminated the problems that we have that we talked about that you and I talked about a year ago. Those problems are there. They just either had a light shed on them or it's just been exacerbated to the point where, you know, it's it's going to get really ugly. And, and you and I were chit-chatting before. I just I don't see this. I don't really see this ending soon. I do see a lot of chaos. There's a lot of angry people out there. And if, if you have the majority of people that are that 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 just are not part of the what I would call the social contract that we used to have in America, mm-hmm. which said if you worked hard and you and you didn't you know get in any trouble with the law and you were a decent person, you had a you had a roof over your head and beer in your refrigerator right. and you weren't going to be a millionaire. But you know what? You had a good life. That's you were right. in America. You were doing it. It's not there anymore. And then on top of it, and I, I, I referred to 1968 before, and you know I was fortunate enough. I actually lived through 1968 and saw it, and was was really aware of what was going on. And you know the the Vietnam War, it didn't start to spill over until like around 1968 was when not only the kids but the parents began to realize, wait a minute. My kids are getting killed. My brothers and sisters are getting killed. My family members are getting killed. Why? Because we're supporting the military-industrial complex, and we just keep churning them into this Vietnam War. When people start dying, that's when you start seeing political action and political change happening. And I think that's what's happening now. And when you're seeing this wave, and it's not just the wave here in the United States, but it's the wave nationwide that people are actually with the United States. So we've got, you know, we're trying to, you know, especially with this government and and also, you know, other parts of the Democratic and Republican Party, too. We're trying to remove ourselves as the the world's cop. We don't want to be doing that. It's not a good deal for us anymore. And the rest of the world's saying, well, no, no, we actually like you that way. And, you know, even though we're saying, and and in some respects, Trump's right, we, we don't get a fair deal out of it. We seem to be giving up a lot more and a lot more stuff like that. But, um, I, I, you know, the fact that the rest of the world is kind of interconnected with us in this from these from these two incidents, um, you know, kind of, you know, and, and we're showing off our good and our bad at the same time, too. So um, I think it's everything's just shed a light 
on what the real causes and what the real problems are. And I'm optimistic. I just think it's going to take a long time that we are going to correct these problems. We are going to see what they are, and people are going to wake up and say, you know what, uh, you know, giving tax breaks to the wealthy, it, it doesn't create jobs. It just creates wealthy, a small amount of wealthy people, and the rest of us are kind of on our own fighting against a, an upper class that is controlling controlling the wealth. Right. And so I think you're going to start seeing changes on that. Now, the other thing um, that I wanted to ask you about is the way the media is covering the George Floyd protests, because over the weekend we saw cameras rolling live in New York, in Minnesota, in Los Angeles, and other parts of the United States. And you were actually watching what was happening on the ground. For example, yeah. in Atlanta, there were two teenagers pulled out of a car that were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Not only were they pulled yeah. out, they were tased. A, wind, tased, a yeah. window was broken and all this. And like it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. These kids weren't doing anything wrong. Is the way the media is portraying it, is it the right way of doing it, or are they just showing us the extremes, or do we need to see the extremes? Well, I, I would probably go with the latter. I think I think we need to see everything. And, okay. You know, my my philosophy is like, for instance, on my Facebook pages and my uh, my Twitter pages. I mean, I, I put I put stuff from the left and the right. I'll put some extreme stuff on there just to say, hey, here's what you're hearing here. Here's what you're hearing here, just so people know about it. Um, and I think, you know, when you're when you're in the media and when you're covering live events, um, you know, it's it's the first moment of history, and it's not going to be right and no matter what you capture on there what you might capture on camera may be totally different from what's really going on and that's one of the things i learned when i was when uh, i was hosting real tv was that you know we got videos and the videos like oh wow yeah, okay when we got to the real story it's like eh, i don't know if we want to put that on there right um so what i say to people is is that you know watch the news one it's it's riveting stuff because it's giving you life up front right there it, it you know it's better than any any type of regular drama that you would see in a you know in a TV series, and um, I do think you need to see that. I don't think um, I don't necessarily think that you can sit there and accuse the media of bias if they're just recording stuff that's happening. And um, now, is, is there some bias in there? Absolutely, there is. You know, MSNBC's got its bias in CNN on the left, and, and Fox has their bias as well. Um, but at the same time, too, um, I, you know, to, to chastise them for their bias to not show something or to chastise for, for what they do show, uh, you know, I think, I think you've, gotta, you've just got to let it happen, and you've, you've got to see it, and then you've got to go back and assess it. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, sometimes there's too much raw stuff, that's out there. For instance, I mean, you know, the death of George Floyd. I mean, it's like, should we have seen that? Well, you know, I mean, that, that's probably pretty disturbing right. for some people, even some kids. Um, at the same time, too, I think as a nation, I think we needed to see that. I think we needed to understand what was going on. So um, I don't, you know, and, I, and you know me, I've, I've, I've done a lot of criticism of, of the media and, and media bias uh, and other types of bias that you know people don't even understand or realize that I think have gotten us into a lot of trouble. But I do think where, especially the broadcast media is is so good, is 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 that breaking news 
and they they give it to you. And they've got to be there. They've got to warn you. Now, granted, you know, you and me watching what's happening in Minnesota, you know, is, is that warning for us? Well, not directly, but at the same time, too, you know, it's a pretty good indication of you can say, hey, maybe that's going to happen in my neck of the woods. Right. I, can, I can remember. I was a news anchor in Las Vegas. <clears throat> this is 1992. I literally came off the set doing the 6 o'clock newscast, and I walked by the feed that was coming in, and it was the Reginald Denny. Um, the, um, the Reginald Denny, he was attacked, and it was right after um, um, the acquittal. Oh, okay. And and the rioting happened in L.A. I'm literally watching it as I got off the set because they had just they had just acquitted the police officers, and I'm seeing it as I'm coming off. And I can remember I went right to the phone, and I said to my wife, "I go, if you're not home now, get home immediately, because there's going to be rioting. It's going to happening here. So so in some respects, by seeing that." And by showing it, I mean, the media was waking us up to, hey, this is what's happening in this city. Don't be surprised if it happens in yours. So, right. so I, don't, I don't have a problem with the media. I, I think the breaking news is, is part of their charter um, that was introduced in the Federal Communications Act of 1934. And their job is to warn us. And if they overwarn us, that's okay. I'm okay if they overwarn us. Um, not okay if they underwarn us. So I usually, you know, and again, I'll, I'll knock them for their bias and, and for some of the things that they do where they don't tell the stories correctly or they, they, they prey on emotions or they, they go for a certain type audience. But as far as that goes, now I'm, I, I have a hard time criticizing them as far as that goes. And, I, and I, I think a lot of them, too, are putting themselves at risk. I mean, look at a lot of the, you know, a lot of the reporters you know, I've seen either hit by rubber bullets, hit by tear gas. Yep. Uh, I've seen some of them attacked by police. I've actually there was a Fox News reporter who was attacked by some of the uh, some of the protesters we, who felt that Fox News had you know too much of their their right wing bias, uh, you know, against them. We had, and we, um, so a lot of them do do put their lives on the line. We had a local news anchor in Pittsburgh, along with his cameraman, attacked on Saturday night. That was so bad oh, wow. that they were both taken to the hospital and the one and the camera person. Um, thank goodness he's okay, but suffered a concussion. And the reporter who is a, uh, normally a weekend anchor is an older gentleman. He said he's never seen anything like this before in his whole career. And he's been reporting in Pittsburgh for over 30 years. So again, this is one of these situations where now the reporter becomes part of the story, not because they wanted to, but the protesters got him involved. And mm -hmm. With that going on, we're hearing these talking heads, uh, it could be on MSNBC, it could be on CNN, it could be Fox and everything else. Some are trying to calm the fears, but some are trying to agitate them. I mean, Rush Limbaugh this past week, of course, being Rush that he is, was saying that these were all paid protesters coming in doing this. Because mm -hmm. I don't think they want to accept the reality that there is a problem in this country. I would agree. I would agree. And I, and I do think a, a lot of the agitation is coming on the right. Uh, on the left, are there some problems on the left? Yeah, sure there are. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 real, the real agitation from is, is the right-wing media that I think is causing a lot more of the problems. That's not to say that there aren't people on the left. Doing and there it, are yeah. some extremist groups on the left who are, who, who are involved in there. But, 
the the right wing, um, you know, their anger, their passion, and go back to the Soames, you know, the scared old white man syndrome. Right. You know, they actually represent the older white male version of what's going on, and you know, they feel like they're losing grip. Uh, and so you're you're going to fight back. Part of me thinks it is because they're afraid that they're going to lose control. And it's a lot like what I would call Archie Bunker syndrome. The more I lose control, the yell, the louder I get because I have mm-hmm. to prove to you my point is right, even though it may be totally out there. And we noticed that here that a lot of the protesters that were not the peaceful protesters were actually attacking media and journalists so they could not get a picture of who they were or photographs of who they were, um, yeah. which was quite interesting because I would have never thought of that because most times protesters want to be seen. They don't want to attack the people that are expressing their or sharing their message to the world. Well, and, and there is, uh, you know, there's the belief of a of a right wing agenda that has been formulated from the late 1950s all the way to the 60s um organizations like the heritage foundation um and um that they're trying to um stop a communist takeover they're trying to stop liberal thinking um and in some respects um you know is it is it that well organized has it been that well thought out well, to be honest with you, in in some respects, I mean, the fact that they've they probably got about thirty to thirty five percent of the country right now, and um, a lot of people believe that, right? And there's a lot of that that that's happening there, and um, it's um, yeah. I mean, I, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but um, there's a lot of people who believe that, who are who are okay with it all, right? Right. So it's. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's hard to kind of you know kind of put your finger on it as to um this is what's happening. Um David Frum's got a new book out called Trump Trump Apocalypse. Yeah, I saw the and, I saw the uh, cover of that. Yeah, and I I'm 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 about partway into it and it's 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 pretty scary. It's you know he he paints a picture of 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 Trump and you know a lot of his followers including many of the Republican senators and house members who who are either mum or who actually kind of helped fan the flames mm-hmm. and you know you just kind of wonder how do we how did we get into a situation like that and you know a lot of the let's go back to the the Soames the scared old white man syndrome you know a lot of them probably felt over the last you know 15 20 years that they were kind of left out. You know, the jobs got, you know, jobs in the Midwest got dried up. Why? Because we had, you know, we had free trade with other countries. We had globalization and, um, and we didn't take care of a lot of them, but we also didn't take care of a lot of the, a lot of the minorities as well. And um, so a lot of them felt that they were, they were forgotten. And to be honest with you, some of them are right. They did. And um, we didn't take care of all of them. And so there's, you know, there's there's a legitimate anger there, um, of, you know, if I look at myself and you know, or if I look at people who are a little bit older than me who are saying, you know, I was supposed to be better off than my parents. I'm not, and we we're actually seeing, which is which is fascinating. We've actually seen um, the uh, life age, the lifespan, 
in America actually drop over the last couple of years, yeah. which I don't think we've, we haven't seen that probably since like 1945. Right. Um, it, it is. It, it, what we're dealing with right now can be considered as a scary time. And you're listening to WMCK.FM, McKeesport, Pennsylvania. We are the new sound in McKeesport, so glad you're able to join us there this evening. On the phone line, we have uh, John Daly. We're talking about what's going on in the news today from COVID to protests. Or as I said to someone the other day, we're talking about the two Ps, pandemic and protests, which Mm -hmm. I never thought we would be dealing with this type of situation because, again, I thought, and this is the conspiracy theorist in me, that... The pandemic, when with a country went into shutdown, was their way of actually ruining the economy so he could actually rebuild the economy before the election to actually Mm -hmm. help his chances of winning. And now I'm starting to see that if that was his plan or if anybody had a plan, their plans aren't coming to fruition because they didn't know the the whole the whole um, the, the police violence and the cruelty and the um, and what was going on here was going to happen. And we always talk about an October surprise. What can get worse than what we're dealing with right now? <laughs> I, you know what? And, and you're right. The only thing I can think of is, is that that pandemic is going to come back. <clears throat> I mean, we could, you know, like, like you said at the beginning of the show, is that, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic, but you wouldn't know it. Right based on everything that's going on now, because not only things are opening up, um, but we've we've got the protesting and the rioting. I mean, you look at all the protesters and rioters out there. Yeah, granted, some of them are wearing masks, but, you know, they ain't social distancing, no, that's for sure. not at all. And, um, and there's, you know, there's clashes, and um, uh, I just, I, 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 the, the October surprise could be, you know, we could see, you know, God forbid this happens, but I mean, we could actually see, you know, maybe another hundred thousand people dying. I mean, there's, I mean, it's, it, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, the other thing is, is in, you know, and, and God forbid this happens, but um, I had somebody who I who I talked to quite a bit, who's uh, someone who's quite knowledgeable. He's 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 a good friend from Las Vegas, and he follows the news pretty carefully. And he goes, you know, he says we are absolutely prime to be attacked right now. Yeah. You know, somebody, you know, North Korea could do something. You know, I'd, I had a, I had a, a funny, uh, funny thing happen was that uh, here in Brunswick County, uh, one afternoon, the electricity went out throughout the whole county. It just went out. And I had a friend tell me about a, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it now, but it's a, uh, you, you know, North Korea could set a rocket off and, and have it hover over, um, over the, over an area and then, do like an, a magnetic electrical burst that would, would knock out all the power. And so the electricity goes out here. I mean, you know, talk about conspiracy theories about people right. like what yeah. you were talking about. I ended up texting all my friends who were no, who were not in the area here. I had friends in Florida, friends in Connecticut. I go, do you have power? Do you have power? And they're like, <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? And I said, okay, you got power. Okay, that's good. That's good. You know, and power eventually came back here about an hour later. But, um, you know, I I think about that as as a possibility. And who's to say, with our susceptibility to the coronavirus, that some some other country doesn't have another type virus they could unleash on us? Exactly here. right. I mean, that's a good point. Now, the Democrats, if they would have a stronger candidate, stronger than Joe Biden, who wasn't seventy seven years of age, if they would have actually found somebody 
they could basically have swept him into the White House with all this going on. However, I don't know if they can they can do that with Joe Biden um, being the nominee for the Democrats. I would agree. I'm not. Um, and again, nothing against Joe Biden. Um, I, I certainly think he's a better candidate than than Donald Trump is as far as bringing us together as a nation. Um, but, you know, Joe has a, Joe has his baggage and Joe is 77. Um, and um, I I've said and one of the great history books I read was uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin's book called the uh, called the team of rivals. It was about Abraham Lincoln. And almost all the people he brought into his cabinet were people who ran against him uh, for the presidency. And he brought them in and brought in this team of rivals. And they literally kept the nation together during the Civil War. And and a lot of these guys who were his enemies, I mean, they were just they were just heartbroken when, you know, when he was assassinated and uh, just very downtrodden and tried to carry on his legacy. Um, I've said um, if Biden's smart, um, he he should name his cabinet right now. Um, and one of the reasons is, is because I do think I don't think there's. I can't I can't say that there's not a Democrat out there who I would say, oh, yeah, that's an expert presidential candidate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't say that. But I can look at almost, you know, that that 20 field um, uh, candidates for, for the primary. Um, I, a lot of them um, would be really good, you know, secretaries of state, mm-hmm. attorney generals. Um, and, you know, you could right now. Um, say to the nation, okay, look, I, here's my commerce secretary. It's nothing like the one that Trump brought in. You know, here's my education secretary. It's certainly nothing like that. Here's my secretary of state. And I would, I'd put secretary, I'd put, I'd put Pete Buttigieg in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's military guy who's speaks seven different languages and, uh, you know, certainly has a, has, has a working knowledge of a lot of different things that, that, that's going on worldwide. But I think if he did that, I think that would alleviate some of the the fears because some people are like, you know, okay, who does he put in vice president? He's seventy seven years old. I mean, if he gets elected, I mean, before he's even in his first term, he's going to be over eighty, right? Um, and he's, you know, he's had some slips as far as you know memory and mm-hmm. you know how he talks sometimes, and you know, I have that, and I'm a lot younger than him, <laughs> but um, it's um, it's certainly a concern. And so at the same time, too, they want to put in. Um, uh, a black woman as the vice president. And so, you know, who do you put in? I mean, you know, the black women vice president is Kamala Harris. Yeah, but does she have experience? You know, she's a senator, sure. Um, You know, talking about Stacey Abrams, I mean, she hasn't been in Congress. I mean, she certainly, uh, you know, run uh, the legislature in in Georgia. Um, I I mean, my pick lately is, is, is Val Demings. I mean, not only was she um on the uh, impeachment committee so she's you know she knows her stuff as far as getting around congress um but on top of it she was a police chief in orlando so she understands what's going on with the domestic violence and stuff like that uh and 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 then third just on a on a political basis if i'm the democrats i'm going to say wait she's the only one that's kind of in a state you can actually win and right. if you win florida you're taking away a lot so so, but at the same time, too, are, are, are people going to feel confident of can this person literally step in as president if something happens to Biden? Um, 
So, well, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> my wife has a theory. My wife thinks that they're go- he's going to name because he said he was going to name a woman that he's going to name Michelle Obama. And the reason your, your wife and my wife must be talking to each because, other. That's exactly what she said. Because he said that would be because that right there, she said, if, if Michelle Obama was even running for president, she would consider voting for her because she's a strong woman. She's a smart woman. And she's been around the block once or twice. So this way, Joe comes in. Joe guns his four years. Michelle then decides she's going to run for president. And then you have her for eight years. So I don't know. I, I see it can go many different ways. I'm just afraid of what's going to happen to our country if Trump is there for another four years. I agree. I agree. I think it's um, it's 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 scary. He's uh, dismantling a lot of things that um, that don't need to be dismantled. Um, and I, th- I think it is pretty scary. I just I don't um, I, I you know, I think a lot of people respect Michelle Obama. They like Michelle Obama. You know, if you look at Hillary, um, you know, before she became secretary of state or when she was secretary of state, before she started running, I mean, she had like 70 percent approval rating. Right. And she started running. And then all of a sudden she's the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just um, I, I'd, I'd rather have somebody who's actually been through the uh, electoral process before you put her in there. And at the same time, too, it's, you know, part of the reason of why they rejected Hillary, um, among a a lot of other reasons, but was the fact that, oh, here we go again with, you know, kind of the royalty of the parties. You know, we've had the Bushes, we had Bush and Bush. Okay, now we're gonna have Clinton and Clinton. And I think people were kind of like, you know, it shouldn't be like that. And so, and I don't think anybody has anything wrong against Michelle Obama. I just don't see the desire on her part. No. Well, I to think be a candidate. You talk about royalty. I hear people saying that once Donald's out of office, then Ivanka's going to run, and then Donald Jr. is going to run. And I'm thinking, really? Why would you want these people in there longer than they have to be? But they are sucked into that that persona that this family is able to create, not realizing what they are doing. I mean, the thing I think is hilarious right now is the campaign, the commercials that were running for Trump for president, how he's tough on China. Yet, let's go talk about what his family did with patents and with money that was sent over there and money that was spent to him over here and all this. And then they're attacking Biden for 47 years of working with China, which doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense because you look at it and they're very similar when they do the ads. It's just all the way the spin is done and how how nasty the voice is doing the reading. And people don't <laughs> see that. <laughs> they just see they just see the president say, Oh, I'm a law and order president, and last night I think did him more harm than good whenever he decided he was going to disband the the um, protesters out in front of the White House so he could walk across the street to get a picture taken at a church. And let alone the religious leaders now across the country that are in outrage that he used the church and a Bible for a political prop. I don't know if that's going to play to his base or not, or if it's going to change his base's mind. But I think people are now aware that this guy is not as wholesome as we thought he was. Well, and I, 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 I the evangelicals aren't leaving him at all. I mean, they're they're still going to be a which uh, amazes a big me. part of him. 
I, I just don't well, understand that. But again, these are the same people that, that followed Jim and Tammy Faye Baker for years. Um, well, and there's a, there's a lot of the social Darwinism that kind of went into religion. And a lot of it is that um, the belief is, is that you can be a good Christian even if you are very wealthy. And so don't be afraid to be wealthy. And that's that's what's what's really happened. But most, I think, and that's happened over the last ten, you know, ten fifteen years. It's it's Billy Graham, uh, just bastardized, you but, know. And Billy Graham, you know, he wasn't. I don't no, think I he think, was a bad person. I think he meant it. But you know, what his what Franklin's doing? I mean, it's kind of like yeah, really. But, but what you I know. think is interesting about that whole comment is is about you can be wealthy and you can still be you can still be a Christian. Okay, fine. But the people that are buying that don't have two nickels to rub together and they're sending all this money to these churches because they're hoping that they're going to be blessed because they're sending all this money to these churches. And it's just this self-fulfilling prophecy that they're getting broke and broke and broke, but they believe the rhetoric and you can't educate people if they're not willing to take the education. Well, and it's that. And then when you start getting into the beliefs, I mean, if you start believing like what Mike Pompeo believes in and what, uh, Vice President Pence believes. I mean, they believe in the rapture. Yeah. I mean, they're like, you know, so there's a part of me that's like, they're okay if we have a nuclear war because their belief is is that, you know, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take care of all the white Christians and everybody else is going to be gone and they're going to have it for themselves. So there's... There's there's that scariness as well, but <laughs> um, you know a lot of the, you know the pollution and the and the stuff that's happening, especially down south, when you see yeah. the stuff that's been going on there, and and a lot of, you know, and a lot of people think you know oh you know it's it, it, God's going to come back, He's going to clean it all up, so don't worry about it, you know, live, you know, make money and stuff yeah. like that. So there's a there's a there's a real scary side to it, and I, you know, and again I you know there was some. Episcopal bishops. There were, I think, there were some uh, Roman Catholic bishops that came out against Trump. Yes. So, you know, and usually they're, you know, they're pretty mum on him since he's, you know, pretty much, you know, anti-abortion and right. uh, and kind of stands on the side of a lot of their social issues. Um, so, I mean, the fact they're coming out and saying that, I mean, that's 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 big. Well, the one question I have for the evangelicals, they do understand that by proper teachings, Jesus was a Middle Eastern, right? He 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 didn't come from he didn't come from Fort Worth. He 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 was from the Middle East, right? He wasn't on yeah, vacation. He had, he had dark he had dark skin. Yes. Yeah, they do understand that, right? Um, what I think is interesting, and I don't know how true this is, but I saw it before I got on tonight, is that Tiffany Trump is now siding with the Black Lives Matter movement against her father's wishes is oh i hadn't seen that if that is true <laughs> is she finally up finally giving it to him because he ignores her all the time or what because that's the trump that no one talks about that's really interesting yeah because i heard that uh i'm gonna see if i can pull that up here but uh but i saw that this evening and i'm going there you got to be kidding me that she would stand against her father um by being able to do that. Uh, yes, uh, Tiffany Trump joins online protests for George uh, Floyd. Um, the newspaper is called the uh, Political Tribune or politicaltribune.org, which I do not know if that's actually true or not, but that's what it's saying on the Internet. And there's other ones out here right now saying that she posted stuff on her Instagram feed 
that she did the Blackout Tuesday um, image, and that's what actually um, st- – oh, New York Post. So there you go. So we got yeah, some – Yeah, I've got it on uh, Daily Beast, yeah. Yeah, so very interesting that uh, she's now standing up against her father. But again, I don't think she realizes – or he realizes that's his daughter, um, which, again, <laughs> is a bad situation. So hard to believe we've been on for almost an hour already, and I haven't gone through all my questions yet. One I do have for you, though, is the other night when the White House went dark, which we have never seen that before. When the protesting happened, the church was burned across the street. The White House turned its lights out. Like someone said, um, it was like Halloween night and you ran out of Snickers bars and you turned the lights out so the kids didn't know you were there. Um <laughs> What was going on that you would turn the lights out to, to say, okay, we're not home now. We're, we're leaving. We're, we're leaving for vacation. The neighbors are getting our mail. Um, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And they said he was ushered off into a bunker. The question was, where was Melania and Barron at? Were they even in the White House or were they stuck in their bedroom, stuck behind the door with the dresser up against it because he ran away? Yeah. It's, it's a good question. I don't know that that's been answered yet. I know I saw a... Uh a picture of uh, or some video of uh, they were getting their pictures taken last oh, night. Oh, yes. He had to say to her, smile. <laughs> yeah. And she gave kind of a phony a, smile. A so grimace. I got I to think if you're, you know, you know, she, one, she didn't want to be first lady. She no. didn't want him winning the presidency. And not only that, but I mean, she's got a, she's got a, you know, boy who's a teenage boy who's, who's obviously got some problems. And it's like, he doesn't need to be around this. I mean, that's, it's, that's cruel. And um, so, who knows? Who knows what they died? You can only imagine the psychological damage on them that they've had to go through with this. Uh, I, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine living in that family. And it's just interesting that any time that anything comes out now, if the president doesn't address it, Donald Jr. will address it for him or he'll be the new attack dog that will go after the <laughs> individual. And we had a situation here in um in Pennsylvania, one of our uh, representatives, uh, Connor Lamb, was running for re-election, who's a Democrat, mm-hmm. who is a war vet mm-hmm. who served in Afghanistan. Basically, what has happened is he came out and said the man was garbage, that he didn't do what he said he did. He lied. He lied. He lied. And it was like, wait a minute, you're going after a, a, a war veteran who served in active duty and telling his constituents that what he did was was a lie. One of his, um, one of the other uh, representatives in the area, actually, who's a Republican, stood up to the president and said, you cannot say that about this man. You may not agree with his politics, but he did do his duty for this country. So there's nobody off limits to the president of the United States because his idea is, I'm going to attack, I'm going to attack, I'm going to attack. If it sticks, great. If it's not, I'm just going to keep on attacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And, and again, he's, he's going for his base. So, for instance, Connor Lamb's district is is really it's almost it's, it's pretty close to 50 50, isn't it? It's it was more red than it was before. It was more red. Um, the previous when he election won in what, 2018. And actually, he won twice, if you remember, because it was redistricted afterwards because he That's won right. once right. and then he had a run against a run again. Um, he won for the special election. Then he had to run again um, against, oh, why can't I think of the guy's name? Um, but now the guy that's running against him is also a military vet. And it's it's just it's just nasty. It really is. And the funny thing is, I think today it's a primary. 
You weren't voting for, you were voting for the candidates of your party. You're not voting for the one individual. I don't think the president understands how elections work. I mean, you don't have to waste your time throwing out red meat to these people when they're going to vote for them anyhow. That's what you do in November. So I, I I just couldn't figure it out. And one more thing. What were your thoughts about George W. Bush coming out um, with his comments about what's been going I gotta on? I got to tell you, when, yeah, when I, when I read that, I was thinking like, yeah, they've, they've really started turning against him. And, uh, you know, Obama took a while before he came out and said anything. And, of course, he did because he was getting attacked. Um, yeah, I, I think um, – and again, and again, kind of, you know, that, the, you know, the former president's club is actually it, it, it becomes a pretty chummy club. I think uh, I think Bill Clinton and um, and W and I think Obama and W are actually fairly close. Yes. I mean, when you saw them at the, some of the funerals, yeah, they were actually they were actually having fun together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could kind of see that there was a friendship there. So I, I think at some point. um it was it was only a matter of time before George W. would come out and 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 you know he doesn't have to worry about it. I mean I mean Trump has completely uh, waylaid him a number of times talking about the Iraq War and and the things that he didn't do right and um, so now I wasn't surprised. I, you know I thought it was only a matter of time before it would happen. Um, you know it'd be interesting to see if he came out and. <laughs> supported Joe Biden. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, But I think it's interesting because the President uh, Bush came out about the pandemic virus, about how everybody Mm -hmm. had to work together and and basically threw a jab at the president then. And then Mm -hmm. recently doing the same thing and calling it the harassment a shocking failure. And Trump just goes takes everything personally. It's not that he's addressing you, the one that beat the guy up. He's saying that you're not addressing the nation properly. Show some compassion. Show some understanding. Don't say we're going to throw every troop we have at them and we're going to have military, we're going to have the um, the uh, National Guard come in and they're going to start um, patrolling the streets. There was someone I posted earlier tonight whose um, family member is part of the National Guard. She goes, it was easier for her to go to Afghanistan than it has, is for her to be deployed to Washington, D.C. tonight because she was not should not get into this to fight against the American people. She's in it yeah. to actually protect the American people. But I don't think yeah. he understands that. I think that he is he wants martial law or something like that, and he's mm-hmm. hoping that he can get rid of all his detractors. Well, and he loves chaos. Yeah. And, um, you know, and to be honest with you, that's the story structure of a reality show. Yes. Is you've got to have total chaos all the time. And that's exactly what he's doing. And uh, unfortunately, it's it, it's not helping us. No. And, you know, we've 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 got a lot of problems. We've got a lot of problems that we need to address that uh, are are really affecting 60 to 70 percent of the country. Well, John, time flies when you and I are talking. I appreciate you taking time this evening. And I know we're going to do it again sometime real soon. So um, I'll talk to you then. 
Hey, Bill, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hello to all the folks in uh, in McKeesport. Remember, my wife was born there, so a special place in my heart. Yeah, and, and uh, hopefully everybody that was there is listening tonight, and uh, thank you very much for joining us this evening, and we'll talk to again here sometime in the near future. Great. Thanks, Bill. Thank you very much. John Daly, John Daly TV, as we uh, we talk to him about what's going on in the news media, which, again, we could have done two hours on the program tonight, but they only give me one. So <laughs> that's the way it goes. Again, thank you very much for John for joining us. Thank you guys very much for joining us here online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also uh, Steel fm at steelfm.org so guys thank you very much you guys have a great night and i am out of here we'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly bill alexander This has been a Million Dollar Baby production. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. This is what camping sounds like when you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP. And this is what camping sounds like when you have Inspire and don't need a CPAP. If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, Inspire could work for you. Inspire works inside the body and keeps you breathing normally and sleeping peacefully. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Switch to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE now with 5G at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99. I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button. Switch and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99. Only at Metro. Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer. In-store only. Price for 64GB model with eligible port. $60 plan and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at Metro by T-Mobile.com. Come